Hey, welcome to the Pachanga and Possibility Podcast, the podcast where we celebrate the power of healing and transformation. I am your host, Natalie Galsadilla. Each week, I'll be interviewing experts that will inspire you to discover your soul's purpose and create a fulfilling life. I'll also be sharing some spiritual coaching along the way and personal adventures as I enter this new phase in my life as a mother and entrepreneur. All right, mi gente, grab your cafecito and a notebook. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Today, I want to talk about helping you start your healing business. So if you're a healer or mystic or anything similar to that in the world of spirituality and wellness, I want to help give you a start if you're especially if you're on the fence about it and more specifically intimidated about running a business. A lot of people are inclined to being healers and spiritual teachers and intuitives, but they often are afraid of starting a business because of the actual business side of things. So my job is to demystify business operations and the technology and some of the marketing and branding for you. So I can help you get off the fence because the truth is the world right now really needs all of the light workers to step into their life purpose and shine their lights and be of service to our local communities. Therefore, I want to take all of my experience as an entrepreneur. I don't know. I don't think I've shared this part of, of my history. Therefore, I want to share my background and my experience to help you get started. I have a Master of Business degree in Entrepreneurship and I've worked in operations and data analysis and administration for the last 20 years in higher education. But I'm also an intuitive and shamanic practitioner, Reiki master, and a universalist minister. And I'm marrying these two worlds of mind as a spiritual business coach so I can help other light workers get their businesses started and going. So, what I want to talk about today is business operations 101 a little bit of branding, a little bit of ops, a little bit of marketing, and just the very basics of taking the first steps and more specifically around creating an online presence. So get your notebooks out and get ready to take a few notes as I'm going to dive deeper now. So when it comes to your online presence, right, you want to pick your business name. Now, your business name might be your name, and that's fine. A lot of people are branding themselves and don't even have a business name, and there's nothing wrong with that. And actually, 
I branded my online presence right now is branded as Natalie One Love. And the reason I did that is because my last name is Galsadilla. And a lot of people don't know how to spell that. A few years ago, I was signing off on a lot of my Facebook posts with One Love. And I decided to just put it together as Natalie One Love and call it a day. And I really wasn't being strategic in in what I was doing. It just kind of happened. I was lucky because Natalie One Love was available on all of the platforms that I had. So the domain, the Instagram, Facebook, I believe the only place it was taken was the actual Gmail like natalieonelove at gmail.com was not available and Twitter was not available either, but everything else was. So that is one of the tips. When you're selecting a business name, you want to make sure that it's available on all of the social media platforms that you want to be active on and as well as securing the domain name, the .com. Nowadays, there's a lot of dot other things and that's fine, but it's still not very mainstream. So I would say try to do your best to get something that ends in dot com. And if not, maybe a dot co. And that's probably around. That's it. I know there's many other things. And if it makes sense, go for it. What you really want to avoid when picking your domain name are hyphens or keywords that don't make sense or having it really long. Because remember, you're taking up real estate, your character real estate. So if you're taking up a lot of space, um, that's also going to be difficult when you're when you're posting things online. For example, Twitter, there's a character limit and your Twitter handle is going to eat up some of that character limit. So keep that in mind when coming up with your name. Underscores is another one and dashes. It's just hard to train the public on typing in things if they have underscores in them or any funky spelling if you're trying to be cute I get it but it's it doesn't work for you when somebody's going into Google and typing in what you know they're looking for you and because you have some weird funky spelling that you think is cute now they can't find you so you really want to be as straightforward and easy to find online as possible if someone were to be putting in your business name on to google or looking for you on facebook or instagram okay so now your email address for your email I recommend if you don't want to pay for a professional email service that you get a gmail.com. There have been articles published around the perspective that others have if you have an email address that ends in at yahoo.com or God forbid aol.com. So unfortunately what that pretty much means if you have an aol.com email address you're telling the world you're completely in the stone age when it comes to technology and it might even age you so keep that in mind a lot of 
the I guess I don't want to say is it Silicon Valley type crowd or it's just more mainstream and you get less judgment if your email ends in gmail.com or you have a branded email which means it's circle a at your domain name.com and if so if you want to be a professional I would say pay for professional email uh, I currently pay six dollars a month for my branded email and it's worth it and you just look more professional with a branded email address and your domain name matching now if you want to keep your budget skinny then try to make sure that you can get the at gmail.com with your business name also, but not some weird variety of it. So when you're picking your business name, make sure it's also available on Gmail and you don't have to switch or abbreviate or do anything weird. The idea is that everything is consistent across all platforms so you can be found and there's uniformity The next thing I want to talk about is your photograph. Okay, so a lot of us don't want to invest up front in the beginning for an expensive photo shoot. My recommendation is to just take a really good selfie. Now, all you have to do is stand in front of a window and put on on selfie mode and you're going to hold the phone up and to the right if you're right-handed or up and to the left and this makes you look the thinnest and you have a nice angle of your face and you have a lot of natural light from the window and make sure it's not that direct sun coming in but more of the diffused lighting and that should give you some really nice quality pictures the filter specifically that i love if you have an iphone and you're gonna grab your camera and you're gonna select portrait and within the portrait menu you're gonna hit the second one called studio light this is what i use all the time for all of my selfies the lighting is great it makes it a little bit brighter but it also creates the professional photograph feel because it has the depth of field it makes you the subject up close and it blurs the background and usually when you have that depth of field effect is what you associate with a nice high quality professional photograph use that to create a nice professional headshot Make sure that you're smiling, you look friendly and approachable. And if you want to throw it into a photo editing photo editing app, um, if you want to blur it a little, if you want to take out wrinkles or just give it a nice effect because you liked airy like airy feeling filters or dark and intense, whatever, that's fine. I and mean, that's part of just pick whatever goes with your with your vibe the filtering the photo filter app that I really love is line camera and within line camera I just pick whatever picture and when I go to design it you can 
put in your favorites they have many on here and this is a free app actually and they have many filters that i really like but i have my go-to filters you can use that to just edit your pictures it even lets you um, do some blending if there's any imperfections that you want but that's its whole other that can be a whole other course um, but i just wanted to share what i like to use one tip with social media and your photography if you're doing all your own photography keep the same filter across the board I always use the same filter in all my pictures so all of my photography have the same look and feel. You just, I wanted to communicate a particular color, uh, what's the word I'm looking, kind of like a theme and a vibe, just like this essence across my Instagram of a particular filter that I like. So always be consistent with the filter that you're using. Don't use one one day and another the other day. And then all when somebody looks at your feed, it's hot and cold in terms of the, the feel of the photos. So you want to either have like a warm palette or a cool palette when picking your picture filters and and putting together your Instagram vibe for me I love a cooler palette so my pictures tend to be kind of white and a little overexposed um, and the teals really stand out because that's one of the colors of my brand so just keep that in mind when you're picking filters but that's it for for the professional headshot and then also you want to use the same headshot in all of your platforms. Don't have one picture on Facebook and another on Instagram and another on Twitter because just like you like just like Coca-Cola, you want to be able to recognize their logo, their brand and your face is part of your branding and your logo. So I recommend not only having the same picture across all platforms, but leave it there for a long time. I would say don't change your picture no more than once or twice a year, I would say. And if not longer, because you want to build that brand recognition where they when people see you on Instagram and Facebook and so forth, they always know it's you. They're not confused because they recognize you. And your face will be just like the brand recognition of, of Coca-Cola or McDonald's or whatever. So keep that in mind. Don't change it every day because you got a new outfit. Have the one picture you're really happy with and stick with it. All right. Another thing on social media. Don't get caught up on trying to be everywhere on every single platform and trying to be super active on all of them. Pick one or two that are going to be your main focus and become an expert at that platform. So either commit to YouTube or commit to Instagram or Facebook, depending on which platform makes you happy and doesn't bring a lot of anxiety and is comfortable for you to show up on on a regular basis. So for me personally, I enjoy Instagram, even though I do get stressed out about content creation. But that's fine. I still really, really enjoy Instagram overall. My community is on Instagram and very active on there. 
not so much on Facebook. I have a very minimal, close to non-existent present on Facebook right now. I've put all of my energy into learning Instagram and I've been dabbling in YouTube. And so my focus is really Instagram and YouTube. I'm glad now that I was never on TikTok since the president has banned the TikTok in the US. I think last I heard, I haven't tried to log in since they said it was implemented. But don't worry about being on all of them. Go in, lock in your social media handle just so it's not taken, but then just leave it alone or just have the minimal profile, but really focus on the ones that that excite you. And it's kind of, it's kind of hard because social media can be overwhelming and maybe none of them excite you. But I guess the one that brings you the least amount of resistance is the one you should focus on. Okay, now branding. When it comes to branding, you're going to want to pick a color palette that you like, that jives with you. For me... You just really want to pick colors that you like. So I've picked colors for my brand that are just my favorite colors, which are teal and lavender. However, you might want, let's say, have a color palette that makes sense with a service or a product. So for example, if you're selling hot sauce, chances are your color palette is going to be warm colors. But you have full creativity for yourself to pick a color palette and these colors are going to play a part especially in your logo and your Instagram um, feed there's not always you're going to want to have a, a feel and look for all these things and I have a trick on helping you how to pick these colors Okay, so I have a trick on picking your color palette for your brand. Canva, canva canva.com, has a Canva color palette generator. And what it does is that it allows you to upload a photograph and it automatically pulls the top dominant five colors of the photograph and gives you the hex code. So that's the unique numerical identifying code uh, for that color and you're going to want to write those down so when it comes to picking the photo you want to pick a color or not a color you want to pick a photograph that really encompasses the look and feel that you'd like for your brand so if it is I don't know like if you like pastel colors and you can upload a picture of Care Bears, I don't know, or of Smarties candies or Easter or something. But, or if you like nature, you can maybe find a a photograph of a natural landscape that really inspires you and really just reminds you of you. Ultimately, you want something that captures your essence and that makes you happy. Put that into the color palette generator and pick at least three colors. You're going to want a medium, a light, and a dark. So don't try to pick colors that are too similar in tone. You want to have some the, the light, the medium, and the dark. But feel free to go with 
you know, make sure you, you write all the numbers down, but go with those top three for your brand. Now, when it comes to a logo, the logo should be simple. If I have to zoom in to be able to see all the detail in your logo, it's way too busy. If you look at a lot of the popular logos, they're very simple and can be recognized by standing far away from them. If I have to get really up and close, you've got way too much going on on your logo. So you want to make sure it's a a simple and clear design. If you don't have the budget to hire a designer, a really good logo is going to cost you in the hundreds, um, if not thousands, to have a really nice badass logo. However, if you're starting out, don't worry about it. Canva.com has very nice basic logos that you can customize. Just go in there and pick one, throw it in there and use that whenever you're ready to rebrand because you have a bigger budget and you're more established then you can do so. But in the beginning, just keep it simple and just pick something that looks real professional um, that matches whatever the theme of your business is and go with it. And anything on Canva is pretty safe. Now, when it comes to your marketing graphics, for example, any content you create for Instagram on Canva, like the graphics for putting quotes or testimonials or promoting an event, you're going to want to have three, one to three fonts that you use all the time for your business. This is part of the brand recognition. You don't want to have one font one day and another font another and another. It makes everything look really sloppy when you look at it all together on an Instagram feed. It just makes it look really amateur. And the same thing for creating an actual flyer. You don't want to use more. It used to be three, but I feel like an Instagram post is so small that two fonts max. If you're using 800 fonts in one graphic, it looks very amateur and it's a distraction. So you want to keep it very simple. Find one or two that you really jive with and those are going to be the fonts for your brand and you're going to write them down. The other thing with fonts is keep things that are all in caps to a minimum. You want to be able, it's easier for people to read if it's not all in capital letters. Also remember all caps means that you're screaming. So make sure that you don't do a post and everything's capital letters. Just, you know, if you want to emphasize a word or two, that's fine or something that makes sense. But definitely don't ever do a post that's just all caps unless it's something that's very short. And the other thing is the size of the flyer, the size of the fonts in the flyer. Everything shouldn't be the same size. You should vary the size of what you're writing based on what you want people to read first. So think about that. It's where their eye is going and in what order. And it will go in the order according to the size of the fonts. So keep that in mind. That's the hierarchy of the text 
in the post and what you're designing. Now websites. You don't need a website, so let me make that really easy for you. Websites are becoming very outdated and they are referred to as museums because nobody really goes to them, rarely, unless you're doing a hell of a job driving traffic to a website. Just because you create a website does not mean that anybody's going to find it or visit it. It just doesn't work that way unless you have become a guru in search engine optimization. And chances are that's not the case. So when it comes to you don't need a website to get started. So when it comes to that, don't wait to build one in order to start your business. You don't need it now. What very established entrepreneurs and influencers, they don't ask for your website. They want to see your Instagram, honestly. Now your social media is your website. They want to see what type of a platform you have, what community you've built, how you're the behind the scenes. Like that's that's really what's getting traffic now, especially if you're going to be a future author, a public speaker. It's all about building a platform on social media, not how many people are going to your website. So if you're going to focus any energy, definitely do it focusing for any whatever social media platform is going to be your jam and the website's secondary. Now, I do have a website just because I'm techie and it's very easy for me to throw something up and have it together and I've had it for many years. But if it's something that intimidates you, it is not urgent. The most that you'll need at most is a landing page. And a landing page is just a one pager that has whatever your offer is. So if your offer is a course or a class or a specific service, you just need a one pager. This is about me. This is what I'm offering. Click here to buy or to schedule. Boom, and you're done. Nothing complicated. You just want to be able to convert the leads in to clients or buyers. If creating a landing page also feels overwhelming, do not worry. Another great workaround is creating a PDF on Canva that has your offer on it. On your offer, it could be whatever you're offering a coaching program or readings or healing sessions or whatnot. Whatever that offer is in your prices, put it on a Canva PDF Canva has beautiful templates for all sorts of documents and regular letter size documents is one of those and they have very nice layouts. Just get one and you're going to change the text and colors to match your brand, throw in your logo, maybe the headshot, put in, you know, your about you, your offer, it might be one or two pages long, maybe three and that's it. So if you have anybody that's interested in your services, you can just email them the PDF. You don't need to have a website and that's a great workaround and it still looks really clean and professional. You can also link, for example, on your Instagram, you can also have it linked to the PDF. All you have to do is to save that PDF on your Google Drive and then have a shareable link and link that to your Instagram. 
All right, we're halfway through. <laughs> okay, scheduling clients. Now, I really like using either Calendly or Acuity. Um, Squarespace scheduling is also something that came out recently. Even though my website's on Squarespace, I use Calendly because it's free, although they have a paid feature also. But Calendly is a great auto scheduler. I put in there what my hours are. You can go in and click on my Calendly link, add yourself to my calendar. It automatically creates the Zoom room for the virtual video call and you're up and running and your clients can reschedule by using the rescheduling link on the confirmation email and you're good to go. So if you're seeing clients either online or on per in person, Catalina or Acuity are the most popular. I haven't heard of anyone using the Squarespace scheduling yet, but I love Squarespace. I can't imagine that it would be a bad product. Another great tool that I recommend, especially for Instagram, if you don't have a website or even if you do, I have a website and I still use this, but you might have noticed while you're on Instagram that a lot of people's websites start with Linktree forward slash their name. And this Linktree, it just creates a really nice mobile friendly view with all your call to actions so it can be download this free pdf or schedule a free discovery call link to my facebook group link to my youtube channel you can even drop youtube videos into that view now um, with a paid version and it gives you all of the statistics in the background. When you log into the back end of your link tree, you can see all the data and see how many clicks. And you can even have people sign up to your email lists and all sorts of bells and whistles. And I really love Linktree. And if you pay for the paid version at $6 a month, you can brand it a little bit more and add all these little pictures to your links um, and you can see you can go to my Instagram and see what it looks like if it's branded a little bit more and all of the extra little bells and whistles you can add to it but Linktree is great especially if you're starting out it also lets you just change links very quickly so you don't need to know anything about web design and I think that's what makes it the most attractive is that if you don't want to deal with updating a website or even learning how you can just have a link tree have a link to your email to your Calendly to your Facebook and to maybe I don't know your PayPal or whatever any way that you want to accept payment and just put all your important links on there and you're done. You don't need to worry about a website, but there's a place where people can go in and find any of the important information that you have. So I highly recommend Linktree. And just so you know, I'm not a, being sponsored by any of these companies. These are just really the tools that I use and I really like. Now, when it comes to staying organized for your business, I really recommend using Trello or Asana or ClickUp. And you're going to want to, it just depends. I like to have all my business information in one place. There's a lot of templates that you can buy uh, for Trello to keep your business organized. Um, definitely check that out. But you want to have some place to organize 
your logo and your colors and clients and any workflow that you have for either processing orders or client acquisition or whatever it is that you're doing. Trello is just a fabulous tool. I've used all of them, but Trello is probably the most user-friendly and um, get you up and running and immediately. When it comes to accounting, I am not a, a numbers person, so I'm not going to dig deep here. But for accounting, you can connect your accountant to an online software to manage your business accounts with either QuickBooks or Zero to keep track of your finances. And you can connect your accountant to your bookkeeping and get that done pretty easily. Email lists. Okay, so email lists is still a thing and will probably will always be a thing. And it's really valuable. It's really important that you start building an email list as soon as possible. Now, here's the thing. I've had a lot of friends say the one thing that they're like confused about or struggle with is learning how to start an email list formally online with using perhaps MailChimp or ConvertKit. It's not, it's very easy to put together. So don't let it intimidate you. So here's the thing with emails. Anytime you have an event or Zoom event in person, collect all the emails however you can. A lot of us when we're starting out, we're doing, I would do like Reiki circles or um, drum circles or things like that. And what I recommend to organize all the email addresses is have a sign-in book and that's your sign-in book for all of your events. Just have like an event sign-in book. Don't worry about having a clipboard with sheets of paper because those papers tend to disappear or get all crumbled up. And then you have emails spread all over your house and car. So just have one notebook dedicated to having people sign in there and they put their email address next to their name and then add them to your email list. That's for face-to-face. So that's a good, easy way to organize your emails that you collect. Or even at a, if you're at a fair and you have a booth, same thing. You can have a raffle and in order to enter the raffle, they have to submit their email. And then that's another great way to collect email addresses. So when it comes to starting an email list, I MailChimp has been around for a long time. I used them for many years. And honestly, they are still not, I don't like them. <laughs> they changed their branding. They made their branding really ugly. I don't like their interface. It's not really intuitive. And even though I know how to use it, it's just, I still don't like it. So I recently migrated my email list to convertkit.com. And their interface is really clean, really intuitive, and just very easy. So I definitely like ConvertKit. But there's many others out there that are email management systems. Just go with the one that feels right to you and go from there. Online meetings. Zoom is... They're the dominant force in this arena. So if you're going to have online meetings, I recommend using Zoom. I did use Google Hangouts. I did not like it. I still am a huge fan of Zoom and they're dominating this arena. They did have issues with people crashing Zoom meetings, especially in the beginning of the quarantine 
because they had a breach in their security and all of these Zoom meetings were became public somewhere and then people were able to crash the Zoom meeting and do obscene things. Therefore, make sure that your Zoom meetings are password protected to make sure you don't have this issue. But definitely Zoom is the way to go. I've been in Zoom calls with hundreds of people in them and it's worked excellent. So if you're worried about a really big crowd, I've been in calls up to around like 600 people Um and it's actually pretty fascinating. I do love seeing like all of people faces, all the people faces um, across the world attending something. It was really cool, but it works just as good. Also, Zoom is integrated with Cadenly and probably Acuity. So when somebody books a session with you, for example, on Calendly, it'll automatically create a Zoom meeting for you if you have your Zoom connected with your Calendly. I'm assuming the same for Acuity. So, so yeah, I highly recommend it. And they also have a webinar functionality in Zoom. So if you want to do a webinar or a workshop and want it to be, um, it's going to be a webinar, meaning that you don't see the attendees right? They just have the ability to comment in the chat, but you're in presenter mode the whole time and you don't see anybody's faces. But people do have the ability to ask questions with their audio if you want to let them. As far as accepting payment, the quickest way, like if you're starting out as a healer or an intuitive or something, you can don't overcomplicate things. And if you don't want to pay for the paid version of Calendly, feel free to use Cash App or Venmo or PayPal and just give them whatever your username for those apps are and they can send you the money or you can invoice customers using PayPal specifically if you have the paid version of a Cal- of Calendly or Squarespace, uh, you can have checkout ability for people to pay. So there's lots of tools. So the biggest thing that you're going to realize when you're starting out is that in order to run your business online, you're going to use a variety of online tools. Now that might sound intimidating because you feel that you have to learn all these different platforms. It's okay. Just take it a day at a time, a platform at a time. They're all very easy to use, very intuitive. They all integrate with one another very nicely. So don't be intimidated by the tech. Just take it a day at a time, a process at a time. And little by little, you'll see how it all connects with each other and allows your business to run very easily and smoothly and create a very pleasant experience for your clients and customers. So don't get caught up in the tech. It's okay. (laughs) If all of this is useful to you, I also created the Solepreneur Startup Sheet. It's a cheat sheet with all of the information that I just went over and it has the name of the tool that I recommend next to the checklist item. So it's meant to be used as a checklist. So as you're getting started, you can go building all of these things one by one. So between that cheat sheet 
and this episode, you could be set up pretty much for quite a while at a very nominal amount, I would say, just depending if you're using the free or paid versions of all of these services, um, your overhead can be pretty small. But these are the basics for your business operations to get started. It felt like a lot, but it really isn't a lot. Once you set all these things up, they run on their own. There's very little maintenance. And pretty much what requires the most maintenance is just showing up on social media and building your online communities. But this should help you get going. I really hope that this was useful. If you want extra support around starting your spiritual business, let me know. I am available for business coaching. You can schedule a strategy call with me. Just go to natalieonelove.com and it's natalie with the number one and then the word love.com and I'll be more than happy to um, speak with you and and provide support so you can get your gifts out there and start making a difference. All right, guys. So that's all I have for this episode. I hope it was helpful. Let me know. Please leave a review. Make sure to subscribe if you liked this episode. Share it on your Instagram story and tag me and say hello. And I just can't wait to connect with all of you outside of here. So until next time, take care.